Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the X Button Podcast. This is the one and only X Button Podcast. I hope you guys are having a fantastic Monday. Dude, what? Hope everybody's having a great Monday. And you know what? Let's talk about the weekend. Let's talk about this nice little weekend we just had. Um, Oh, God. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. I don't know. That that probably didn't play well on mic. But uh, anyways. Anyways. Bro, I had a terrible weekend. Let me tell you. One second. It's water, not chalky milk this time. Excuse me. Um, So... (laughs) <laughs> so the weekend starts, Friday comes around, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to play some WWE with my brothers and just get into my gym, and we're going to go all the way to the top. Yeah. And what happens? What the fuck happens? Well, let me tell you what happens, okay? Um, You know, I play. I got, you know, we're just chilling, shooting the shit, talking talking about my GM. I'm stomping Jay out, my brother, host of the Hi, I'm Jay podcast, if you are unaware. And this man and the other man, my other brother, I have two brothers, and they're both on, you know, we were both on the game on PlayStation, streaming and talking about my GM mode. And there was a tornado apparently coming through, and there was like a tornado warning and stuff, and they're like, oh my God, it's World War Three." Putin released a tornado in in Kentucky, and I'm like, oh, great. What does that mean for me? What does that mean for me, brother? Uh, and to me, I was hearing sirens. It sounded like the world was ending outside, and I said, you know what? As long as I'm in, as long as I'm in the comfort of my own home, I should be fine. And, uh, and then I just decided, you know? Jim got off. Jay got off. And I was just like, I'm bored. Gonna go visit my parents and just see what they're doing. I'm just shoot the crap at them. And um I drove to their place through the sirens and all this. And I get there and we're hanging out. You know, everything's fine. I'm looking at the weather just like blowing through their balcony and it's pretty cool. And then I'm like, Alright, I'm ready to go home. I'm ready to go home right now. And what do you think happens when I get home? There is not a single light on in my entire neighborhood. And that means one thing and one thing only. No power. This is where the power lies. No power was on at all. So, uh, and I know you're thinking, you know, it probably got fixed the next day. Of course not. Why would it get fixed? Come on now. You think LG&E works that quick? Of course not. So, your boy is... Gameless. I am internetless, pretty much. I am phoneless because all my all my electronics were dying. Uh, I had like nothing, and I, I mean, obviously, I had, I, sp- I you made I made good use of my time. Like I spent a lot of time with my parents, got some quality time with them, and then I, I read some some books. You know, back to the the uh, what do you call it? More natural elements of entertainment. Because I just kept thinking, man, this internet's going to be back on. This power's going to be back on at some point. This shit didn't come on till Sunday around like 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And I'm like, man. So that is a day and a half. Actually, damn near two full days of no power. And that is bad for 
my refrigerator. I had to clear out my entire refrigerator, and that was awesome. That was freaking awesome. So yeah, overall, I didn't get to have any fun. I didn't get to enjoy myself. I didn't get to have any any me time. I didn't get to have my groceries in the fridge. I didn't get to have a lot of things, but you know what? <clears throat> it's fixed now. We made it to Monday, and it could always be worse. And I'm, I'm happy with how my weekend turned out, even though it was filled to the brim with things that were pissing me off, uh, let alone Jay taking the lead in GM mode. I mean, don't even get me started there. But <sighs> let's get back to it, boys and girls. It's Monday. We're here to talk about games. It's fun. Uh, you know, we don't have a lot of gaming news to go over, so I kind of wanted to put a spotlight on Tiny Tina's Wonderland and uh, kind of just give shed some light on it and talk about what is coming. Because it does sound like it has potential. I don't know why I'm talking all jumbled today. I'm sorry. Went through a lot this weekend. Excuse me. Um, but it seems like it has a lot of potential, and I'm pretty excited for it. Uh, I'm curious to see if it's actually going to deliver and not be just a expansion for just an expansion for Borderlands 3, kind of, uh, even though it's its own separate game. I realize that it's a different plot. I realize that it's got some different elements. I realize that, but does it hold up to not fall to the same tropes that Borderlands 3 did, which was a repetitive map, um, or an uninteresting map, rather, uninteresting story, and uh, the game pacing and flow was just not there, to the point where it made multiplayer kind of unbearable. Uh, in my, and this is all just my opinion. But who knows, you know, maybe you guys had more more enjoyment out of Borderlands 3 than I did. I didn't like it too much. I tried my best to grasp it. Like, I beat the game. I thought I was going to try to get the Platinum. I thought I was going to be able to play countless hours with my friends. And it quickly turned from, like, all of us playing maybe the first couple of nights. I think there might have been internet issues. And then it just turned into none of us playing. And it was just me. And then I beat the game. And I was like, okay, no point in continuing this. So, uh, it's an unfortunate thing, man. I feel like Borderlands caters itself to such a fun co-op experience, but Borderlands 3 is like a prime example of how it just does not work sometimes. Uh, Borderlands 2 had it spot on, and I don't—I really don't know what they did differently. It might just be the classes in Borderlands 3 that, that I ultimately didn't like, but Tiny Tina's looks like it's got some cool elements. I'm looking up some stuff on it, and it looks like it is trying to differentiate itself from that Borderlands 3 failure, quote unquote. I'm not really sure they're Metacritic. Let me check their Metacritic. You know me, you know, Metacritic Poppy over here. We got to double check these things just to make sure that I'm not talking out my ass, dude. Yeah, brother. Yeah, dude. Yeah, brother. Did you guys have a good weekend? I hope you did because it's over and I hope it was worth it. I hope whatever you did was fun, productive or unproductive and just fun and uh, productive. Also fun. Um, so, Borderlands 3 is sitting at a 78 on Metacritic with a 5.9 user score. Uh, that is not the best. Uh, let's read one of the reviews. Uh, <laughs> this game has horrible graphics. The developers use a comic book art style for the visuals. This comic book graphic style is used as an excuse for developers to be cheap and lazy to develop environments and character models with detail. The story is trash and cringeworthy. The voice acting is awful. The gameplay is so boring and repetitive. The multiplayer has garbage matchmaking. The loading times are so ridiculous. The controls are so clunky. Usually, first-person shooters have smooth controls. The fact that developer these developers couldn't make it smooth like other FPS games is embarrassing. The game tries too hard to be funny. It's cringeworthy. I don't recommend this terrible game at all. 
So it sounds like uh, user only one here back on November 6, 2019, really loved the game. Really had some glowing review about it. Now, reading that does remind me of something. The hub world that was like, uh, what was it? The ship? It was Sanctuary 2 or whatever. And it was like the ship. Uh, might be Sanctuary 3. I forgot what they called it. It might just be called the Sanctuary. Uh, but they turned it into a ship that's kind of like moving through space. And that is the most poorly designed ship ever. I'm starting to sound like only one is here. Only one here, whatever his name is. But holy crap, man. That, that ship sucked. It was so much like you get back from a mission. I need to go turn in this little quest. How do I even get down there? There's three fucking floors on this ship. How do I even find it? Oh, there's only this one path in the back of the ship to get down to the garage. Then halfway... Uh, through the ship, if you take the stairs, it takes you down to like a basement area that does not connect to the garage. I'm just like, why is this so convoluted? Why is this so convoluted? No reason needed at all. But that aside, I think Borderlands 3 was not the worst game ever made. It wasn't as bad as this guy's saying, but I definitely don't think it was interesting by any means. I don't think it was very great by any means. And I think it could have, it had a lot to be desired. So what would make Tiny Tina's Wonderlands stand out from that? And one thing I have heard is that they have a new system with the classes where you can actually mix two classes together. Your first class will be your primary and your second class will be something you can kind of swap out and mix. For instance, you can do, uh, let me actually pull up the classes if I may. Sorry, if I may. Let me check this bad boy. So they have the Berserker, the Berserker, the Stabomancer, the Clawbringer, the Spell Shot, the Graveborn, and the Spore Warden. No. Uh, according to their website, it says you'll start your adventure by choosing a primary class, but it won't be long before you earn a secondary class slot with the multi-class system to create a hybridized character build. You can find the full list of skills for each class on the respective game guide page. But we'd like to give you a quick recap of all their playstyle uh, overall. And uh, let's see what else I say. Plus some key passive skills that can really open up their power and potential. Whether you're looking to start Theo theory crafting that perfect build right away or just want to get a general sense for which classes you'd like to combine for maximum multi-class uh, might. I am struggling reading this. <laughs> this, is, this is so hard to read for some reason. Uh, there's a lot to dig into here. Berserker, okay. The Berserker excels at getting up close and personal during battle. Able to dish out plenty of melee pain and shrug off damage that might take other classes out of commission. The Rage of the Ancients class features... Wait. Their, the Rage of the Ancients class feat encourages frequent use of your action skill to benefit from that enraged effect. Adding the Frost Elemental Damage type to your attacks. Cool. Both of the Berserkers action skills let you wade into the thick of combat. Yo. Dead Wind turns you into a spinning pain tornado while Feral Siege sees you leaping toward a target and landing with an explosion of frost damage. Here are some key Berserker skills that allow you to freeze and shatter your foes. Icebreaker lets you deal increased damage to enemies who are slowed, which just so happens to be a side effect of frost damage. The closer your targets get to being frozen solid, the more damage you'll deal. Blast Chill gives 
Every melee attack the chance to create a frost nova. What's a frost nova? I don't know. Why the fuck are you asking me? Let's get back to the description. Giving you the potential to deal tons of area damage by swinging your melee weapon like a wrecking ball during a crowded encounter. Blood of the Fallen is a key as a kill skill that activates whenever you slay an enemy, reducing your action cooldown skill a tad for each enemy down. Use your action skill, score lots of kills with the damage it deals. Ribbeat. Um, so I'm not going to do that with every class. Obviously, this is just a little crazy. There's, there's a very word salad in there, you know what I'm saying? A lot of this, a lot of that, a lot of theory crafting, huh? Um, so I'll give you guys a brief uh, description of their classes. So I'm assuming with, like, Berserker, for example, that could be your primary, and then the secondary could be a Stabomancer, which uh, you're like, oh, where's this Stabomancer? And I said, oh, I got you, no problem. Do you fancy striking your enemies from the shadows or carving them up with spectral weaponry? If so, the Stabomancer is just a class for you. Their dirty fighting class feat is straight to the point. Your critical hit chances increase, so be sure to snag items that you... Sorry, l let, me, uh, let, me let me retake that one second. So be sure to snag items that up the chance even further. Stabomancers can fling out Whirling Ghost Blade that makes mincemeat of stationary targets and can be repositioned. Or they can activate from the shadows to turn invisible all stealth-like for a quick getaway or the setup of a perfect critical strike, dude. Um, yeah, so these classes sound pretty awesome. Uh, basically what I was saying, you can kind of take Berserker and make your secondary Stabomancer to where you can have that multi-class system popping off of duh you know the shit uh they actually have pages for each one which is kind of cool um if you guys want to get more information it is on their website i'm just kind of covering things on their website because like i said this game looks interesting i don't know why i'm really i'm really starting to get sold on it and i really wasn't for the longest i don't know what it was i was just not interested in tiny teams wonderlands for a while i think a lot of the press that was coming out on it was kind of like guardians where the game looked okay uh, but I also felt like we've seen this so much and there was like three or four events back to back that were like, all right, check out all these new games. Here's some new releases. Here's some new announcements. And they're like tiny Tina's Wonderland wonderlands. I'm just like, fuck, we've already seen this so many times. I get it. I'm going to be berserk or spell shot course, but yeah, it just got a little too long in the tooth. If that's a phrase. And, um, I, I don't know. I just wish that they were kind of like chill on that. Because as much as they say this isn't Borderlands, as much as they advertise it's not Borderlands, it's something totally different. It's still like, uh, you know, all the gameplay, it looks like Borderlands. You're still shooting stuff. It's the same thing. Uh, but I think what's going to separate this game is the classes. And I think that's important to cover. And that's why I wanted to talk about this. Uh, before we continue on the other classes, which I'm sure naming two out of the six, I believe, that are available. Um... Seven, sorry. Wait, no. One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, six. Um, I'm sure after naming two, you didn't come up with the class already. You're not like, oh, I am going to do Berserker and uh, Stabomancer. I'm going to do something else. One second. Had to drink my chalky water. Uh, that sounds gross. The best part of being the Fate Maker, and this is a multi-class description, the best part of being the fate maker besides all the chaotic fantasy adventures and general badassery is harnessed the power of two mythical classes of becoming a truly hybridized hero Ugh. 
When your journey begins, you'll be you'll choose a starting class wielding the strengths and abilities of a Berserker, Clawbringer, Graveborn, Spellshot, Spore Warden, or Stabomancer. But as you grow stronger, you'll gain access to the multi-class system and a new secondary class slot, opening up a world of unique character builds. Each class is defined by a class feat, two iconic action skills to choose between, and a skill tree loaded with passive abilities. Uh, once unlocked, class feats are your always-on passive effects, including unique increases to damage output or having a trusty companion fighting by your side. Class feats are equally powerful whether they are uh, whether they belong to your primary or secondary class, with both having a huge impact on your playstyle and the stats slash effects you should prioritize. If you opt for a multi-class combination of two companion classes, Clawbringer, Graveborn, or Spore Warden, both of your adorable attack-ready companions will always be fighting by your side. The more, the merrier. That's fucking cool. So they're basically saying there's three classes with a uh, like a pet, like a character that kind of, for instance, like in Borderlands Three, you had uh, I don't know his name, Flack. Was his name Flack? We're gonna say Flack. We had Flack, and he had the ability to call out a like a little crab-looking creature. Uh, and then, for example, if there was another one that had like a bird or something, you could basically walk around with two creatures like following you around. And this this customization in the classes sounds like that's where it's gonna be, baby. That's where the the fun is gonna be. Not only this, you get to actually create your own character, which I'm like, holy shit! Like it's actually doing a lot of things that are interesting. In, in, interesting me? Hmm. Inter. Wait, what am I saying? Interesting. Interesting. What what is the right word there? Uh, giving me a lot of interest, uh, keeping me invested in what this game is going to be, and it's getting me excited. It's building hype. That's a better way to put it. Um, let's see. Finally, each class's skill tree is where you'll get a comprehensive view of your progress and ever-increasing power over time. With each level you gain, you'll have an extra skill point to spend in either one of your trees, and you'll need to pick and choose carefully where to allocate them as it's impossible to fill up every ability across both of your skill trees because, you know, balance. As you invest more points into a skill tree, you'll unlock more sections with stronger effects as you, as, at your disposal as you further commit to a given class. If you decide that you want to rearrange your skill points, you can do so for a reasonable sum of in-game gold at any quick change station. That's fire. Okay. So, yeah, that's the gist of it. You basically get to customize your class, and that's going to be the core of the game and how you're kind of min-maxing your build and making the best combination of whatever you want to try um so it seems like just from that idea alone you're not locked into one thing i mean if you play borderlands 3 i did flack which we're calling him flack because i don't really remember his name but he was the one that controlled animals he was able to spawn in a crab uh he he could shoot out these uh birds for his like l1 or something i forgot what his other moves are but basically he can like he's like a beast master and um you know, playing that the entire time, it was fun trying to like make it better. But for the most part, when you're leveling up in a typical Borderlands game, you kind of get like new abilities, new passives, uh, things you don't really full out see. You might see them kind of pop off as you're doing damage, but they're not things you're like actively hitting buttons for or changing up your gameplay style. Where this one is actually upgrading multiple skill trees under two different classes. So it's actually dynamically double the fun uh, already so that has me super excited and um yeah it just seems like they're kind of already addressing the issue with borderlands 3 in a way of kind of making it to where that is going to be the 
highlight of the game. This is what's going to separate it. This is what's going to make it unique and interesting. All right, so let's get back to the classes. Let's go uh, through a couple more. Uh, we'll finish out the descriptions on all the rest of them, and then I'll talk a little bit about it, and then we'll wrap up the show because it's a fun Monday. It's a fun mun. Uh, Clawbringer. Clawbringers are faithful warriors who bring down thunder and flames upon their enemies with a spectral hammer alongside their fire-breathing wyvern companion. Uh, the Clawbringers are an order of warriors who seek to bring heroism uh, to the Wonderlands through fire and thunder. While it has been long, while it has long been rumored that Clawbringers are born with dragon blood in their veins, our legal scholars can neither confirm nor deny such blatant heresy. You know what? Let's just talk about the game mechanics. That's awesome. Um, so Clawbringers, they control thunder and flames and have a wyvern companion. Sounds awesome. Uh, I'm not even gonna look at their skills because I don't know what it. They're gonna be like, it, it does a fire on an AOE about 3.5 damage. I'm just like, I don't know what you're talking about, brother. Uh, spell shot. This looks like a mage. Spell shots are gun-toting wizards who can unleash a constant barrage of spells and bullets and transform their enemies into harmless livestock with the snap of a finger. Whether you're slinging spells or shooting shells, spell shots know. Spell shots know that in the Wonderlands, an adventurer survives by force of arms in Arcana, while others may view their guns as mere weapons. The spell shot has trained rigorously until it becomes an extension of their own magical will, weaving gun and grimoire together to enhance their spells and imbue their weapons. Also, they can turn enemies into fuzzy little animals, which is just hilarious. So that sounds cool. I like the idea of a mage. So I wonder what happens if you mix that with like a berserker or, or that one we just read, the uh, clawbringer. So the clawbringer can do thunder and flame with a wyvern companion. And then you get spell shot. Your guns are doing magic. So you can put magic on your gun, call on your wyvern, shit like that. I like that. Sounds cool. This all sounds like an ad for Wonderlands. It's not. I'm just, I'm just spewing out my, my unnecessary hype for games that I have no idea about. So we're learning about it together to uh, gauge whether we want to dive in or not. So sorry if it sounds like an ad, but it's not. Graveborn. Graveborn are death-touched acolytes who survive or who sacrifice health to unleash devastating dark magic attacks and become the phantasmal reaper of bones, accompanied by their manic Demi Lich companion. This is another companion one. Devotees of death. Graveborn draw strength from the pain and passing of others, growing in power as they send their souls of the enemies screaming into the void. Uh, where most fear death, the Graveborn revel in it and it and have even made it an ally, aided by a powerful and ancient demi-lich bound to their service. The Greyborn knows that all power comes at a price paid in blood, whether it be that of their foes or their own. So this one sounds interesting. Uh, actually, watching some of the gameplay, I was like, this might be one that I'm, I might be interested in. It basically looks like a dark mage, and he can kind of like control, like they were saying, control blood and death, and... Um, his armor looks cool, at least in the in the promotional art. It has like skull armor and shit. It looks it looks pretty badass. I was curious about this one. Uh, don't know how it's gonna play. So there's that. And I think I think we actually got them all. Berserker, Seven Master, Spell Shot, Graveborn. Oh, Spore Warden. So Spore Warden. Oh god, this is like a samurai looking dude with. He's got like a kung lao hat with a bow. Spore Wardens are masters of nature who summon tornadoes and launch volleys of arcane arrows into enemy lines alongside their toxin-spewing mushroom companion. The Spore Wardens are swift guardians of the Wonderland's magical wilderness, 
deeply in tune with their natural world. I was about to read that as natural wood, and I would have promptly said, Ayo, spore wardens prowl through forests and bogs alongside their faithful flatulent, flatulent? flatulent mushroom companions. Spore wardens are able to annihilate their foes from afar, showing off their mastery of both conventional firearms and a mystical summoned bow that unleashes a barrage of arcane arrows. So it looks pretty cool, man. I, I just think the game... At first, I wasn't giving much of a chance, and I kind of wanted to be a little bit optimistic about it. Uh, if any of this sounds interesting to you, I would definitely recommend checking out some videos before purchasing or like looking at anything. Like I said, this isn't an ad, so you can buy it or not buy it. I'm, I'm not 100% devoted to it. I just think it looks exciting. I can't wait to play it. Um, and maybe this kind of informed you a little bit. I feel like there's not a lot of straightforward information. Like All the information on their site might have been better shown in a video and they might have even done it in a video i'm just i wasn't paying attention you know so we're here to kind of rehash and i hope you guys did enjoy this episode i know uh it's it was kind of all dedicated to this game um but hey there's not a lot of gaming news and this is coming out soon you know we got to look look to the future a lot of stuff rumored right now obviously there's stuff that's like oh sony bought this company or uh there's going to be another event or this is happening and that's happening and jedi fallen order like there's all kinds of rumors We'll get to those. <laughs> so stay tuned. Uh, hook onto the podcast any way you can. Follow, like, uh, leave an Apple Podcast review. It always helps. Even if you just get five stars and move on with your life, I, it helps so much, like more than you know. Uh, but yeah, uh, I will be probably getting this game and uh, I will probably give you guys impressions if I get it. So stay tuned for that. If you guys are still on the fence, don't buy it and just wait for me to get it. Uh, wait for me to waste my money. So uh, uh, I appreciate you guys listening on this beautiful Monday. We will be back on Tuesday for more video game content. And I appreciate you guys listening and bye.